Well, it's that time of year where people send their kids in their cars back to school. And some people think about buying a car for their teen. And uh, the group iccars.com, the car buying website, uh, put together a study. And with us is Carl Brower. He is the executive analyst for IC Cars. Carl, good day and welcome to the Car Doctor program. And yeah, this can be this can be a tough decision for parents trying to figure out the best car for kids, right? Yeah, I mean, obviously, when you've got young drivers, uh, you want all these kind of hurdles to be cleared and, and these these conditions to be met before you buy a car for them, right? You, you Firstly, you hope that the teen has been well-trained and has sufficient experience behind the wheel before they're out there driving on their own. But you also want the car that they're in to provide certain kind of basic characteristics and dependability is one, safety is another, fuel efficiency is another, you know, you want all these kind of benefits that are giving your teen every possible advantage and chance uh, to be safe on the road. And one of the things that some parents kind of make the mistake of is they get granddad's crown Vic or something and decide that, well, that's a good car because grandpa's been in it for a long time and it's a big, heavy car. But in fact, that car probably doesn't have any safety features. Maybe it has anti-lock brakes, but that's about it, right? Exactly. Right. And you know, there's not just the technology, but as you know, the testing, the crash testing too, right? You know, all these modern cars, they go through these tests with the uh, National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and or the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety, NHTSA and IHS. And these vehicles get put through some pretty brutal circumstances and see how well they protect the passengers in the process. And so these modern cars have much higher safety standards for not only before the crash happens, like these uh, driver assistance features, like you said, like uh, anti-lock brakes or maybe forward collision warning, but also after an impact, how well they protect, protect the passengers. That's right. And it's and a lot of people think of today's modern cars. They see one that gets into a crash and it's all crumbled up. But in fact, it's designed to do that. There's crumble zones built into the car to allow the passenger to ride down that impact and to be safer. The car is not going to look so good, but hopefully the passenger is going to be safer because of that. And that's what I'm assuming as you put together this study at IC Cars, that you looked at those combinations of safety features and all the crash testing and kind of mixed it all in together, right? Yeah, we really, you know, the big the big leader on that was the scores and the rankings and the ratings that they're getting from these two safety uh, foundations that look into vehicle safety. And don't forget that to get certain scores, you have to have a certain amount of uh, not just how well the car performs in a crash, but also what kind of equipment it comes with before the crash to try to prevent the crash. You know, the IHS specifically, you can't get the top safety pick plus score if you don't have certain uh, driver assistance features that keep the car from getting in an accident in the first place, hopefully. And even uh, some things that we don't always think about and can be uh, good good headlights, for instance. Uh, mm -hmm. At my age, uh, I'm looking for the cars with the best headlights possible. But even with a teen, you want to make sure that the headlights are going to do their job. And some cars, the headlight systems work a whole lot better than other cars, which in turn makes the car a safer car to drive. Right. And that's, of course, where you get into the modern versus the older thing, like you already mentioned, you know, it's not only uh, safety equipment and crash testing, but uh, the technology that lighting technology has really evolved in the last 10 years on automobiles. And, you know, you have these LED lights now that 
are actually much physically smaller. You've got these great styling things where the lights are all hardly visible. They're so thin. And yet they're putting out far more illumination than they did 10 years ago from these smaller uh, real estate, you know, smaller headlights because of the technology that's there. And you're not going to see that on an older car. You're going to have weaker headlights simply because, you know, that technology from 15 plus years ago wasn't like it is in the last five years. Well, let's talk about some of the picks. What were some of the cars that came up uh, in the top ranking for cars for teens? Well, I know that we like the Honda Civic as an example, right? Because it's just, uh, I've got the list here that I'm looking at, you know, and the Civic, it's got a good reliability score. Uh, it's got a good safety rating. It's not super expensive, although because of the today's car market, as you know, the used car market, uh, you have to keep going older and older to get inexpensive cars because everything is just so expensive on the on the used car market compared to even a couple of years ago. Uh, but even an older Civic already had a lot of the technology we're talking about and scored, you know, relatively well for when it was new. So if you're looking for that, you know, we have like the 2012 Honda Civic. And again, what's nice is that between the reliability, even though it's an older car and it might have more miles, it should still be pretty reliable. And again, the safety score was pretty strong on that car too. Yeah, and I'm going to pick on a car that doesn't exist anymore. And, you know, a lot of people think, well, maybe if I can only find a Saab for my kid before they go to school, or that would be a perfect car for a teen because Saabs were such safe cars. But maybe they were safe, but dependability factor just wasn't there in a lot of cases. Mm -hmm. Where something mm -hmm. like a Toyota Corolla or a Honda Civic, you know that those cars, even being 10 years old, are going to be right. about as dependable as you know, opening up your refrigerator and knowing the light's going to come on whenever you open right. the refrigerator door. Yeah. Right. And and as you know, there's a huge factor to safety in the car not breaking down. You know, I mean, whether the car breaks down on the freeway, which could be scary because lots of accidents happen between broken down cars on the freeway and cars that are flying by, or it breaks down in an area where you really wouldn't want your team to be having to stop and get out of their car. So there's a huge safety element to reliability. Yeah, and some of these older cars, what's great about some of these older cars is they actually have spare tires, which is something that some of the newer <laughs> cars don't have. So if you do break down somewhere, you actually have a spare tire that you can put on that might not be the case with some of these newer cars. And um, when you did this study, did you try to break it down by cost or year or combinations of both uh, for parents that have a budget in mind? Yeah, we did both $25,000 and $15,000 pricing so that you know people who are looking for an additional car. Most of the time when you're getting a car for your teen, you're not just handing them one of your cars, you got to use that car, you're adding to the fleet at the house. And whether it's a budgetary concern or maybe the car has to be stored outside because you don't have enough space in the garage and you don't want to go buy a brand new car that's going to have all the weather beating it up. Used cars are just you know a smart way to go if you get a, a safe, reliable one. And so we were trying to bring together all those factors, You know, spend as little as possible, while still getting a safe and reliable car for your team. You brought up a really good point about you wouldn't normally hand the, hand the keys to your car off to your team, but maybe if your kids are 13, 14 years old, maybe as you're considering buying your next car, maybe you're thinking about, well, the car that I'm going to have in the interim, maybe that's going to be my teen's car. So maybe instead of buying that car that maybe it ticks off all the boxes for you, maybe that next car in line is the one that 
is going to be the best hand-me-down car for a teen. So this kind of, your study kind of maybe also makes people think a little bit about, you know, I'm going to be buying probably two more cars. If I buy a car every three or four years, maybe two more cars between the time my the age of my kid now versus the time they get their driver's license, maybe I should think differently about how, how the, what the car is that I'm going to buy, knowing that, well, if I am going to put them in my hand-me-down car, I know it's going to be a car that's best suited to teens. So I think the idea, yes. idea of this really sort of gets people thinking a little bit about what about the car I have now and how it's going to work out and how did it match up against your list? Were there any surprises on the list that, that as you were looking through it, you kind of said, I never really thought about that one. Uh, not any huge ones, you know, I'm looking again at the list here and it's a lot of Hondas and Toyotas. Yeah. Which absolutely. doesn't really yeah, surprise not, anyone. Not a surprise, yeah. You know, uh, certainly on the sub 15, uh, when you got to 25, you know, you get some Subarus that sneak in there as a Volvo in there that you could get uh so a couple and a lexus you can get some luxury brands once you get into acura once you get into 25 and and below but you still got to go back a ways you know you got to go back to the mid-teens 2015 2017 um because cars are just so expensive so i think the surprise to to us john was just that you know you used to be able to buy a sub twenty five thousand dollar car for for a teen that was two to three years old now they're essentially twice as old, twice that. Now they're, you know, uh, five to seven years old because used car prices are up so high. Yeah. But that's why it's, again, important to look at even the, these, these somewhat older cars that still had great crash test scores and great technology at back then. It wasn't that long ago you could buy some pretty decent new cars for $25,000. <laughs> so uh, I and- still distinctly remember when the average new car was... Uh, in the mid twenties and yeah. it's about twice that now. So, yeah. And, and you, you bring up a good point, you know, IC cars does a lot of studies about a lot of things and looking at some of these car pricing. And I think not that long ago, you did something about hybrids and how some of the hybrid prices are, um, are and I don't want to say out of whack with the rest of the vehicles on the road, but yeah, their price, their pricing changed a little bit differently than uh, conventional gasoline cars. Right. Yeah, the high gas prices in the last six, eight months really drove up uh, demand for fuel-efficient cars. And so hybrids benefited from that, uh, or you know, consumers who wanted a hybrid didn't benefit because they shot up through the... And even even uh, electric vehicles, you know, which were never have never really been cheap to buy, but they would often lose a lot of their value in the used market. They would drop pretty substantially. And now even older EVs that really are barely competitive by today's standards, like Nissan Leafs, shot up in value because it was still a non-gasoline powered car and people were so anxious to get out of gasoline powered cars because of the price. Yeah, absolutely. And we look at, we look at all of these different things and, and, you know, I always thought, you know, a Prius would be a great car for a teen. They're not particularly fast. They handle okay. You know, they stop Mm -hmm. fine. They get really good fuel economy and great car for a teen. But all of a sudden with the, like you pointed out, the cost of the, price of gasoline. And I just, I just, I, I know you'll be jealous of it, but I just paid $4 a gallon, which is high for where I am, but I think cheap where you are. And, yeah. uh, you know, and you, you look at those kind of prices and you go, well, what, what can this team do? And a hybrid 
typically seemed like a good choice, but now with some of these prices, not quite as much, um, you know, getting out your crystal ball a little bit, where do you think prices are going to go over the next year? Are we going to start to catch up with ourselves at some point? Are we going to see some normalization to some of these uh, high used car and for that matter, new car prices? Well, you know, it's price is always determined by the same two factors, supply and demand. And the supply has been the problem really since the start of the pandemic, because we just lost vehicle production. And then we lost the production of chips that we need to produce the vehicles. So it was a lot of the raw materials and the, and the components that we had trouble getting. We couldn't build as many new cars as people wanted to buy. That drove up used car pricing. But supply is the, or sorry, demand is the other side of that equation beyond supply. And I think, you know, we've got some economic concerns now. And so I think some percentage of people that were ready to buy either a new or a new to them used car six months ago, may be rethinking that. And that'll start to drop demand. So whether it's slowly increasing the supply, which I think is going to happen over the next 12 months, or, or somewhat tapering of demand, which I think is going to happen over the next 12 months. Uh, yes, I think we're going to see over the next 12 months, maybe 15 months, a slow you know, drop in transaction prices for all these new and used cars. But it's not going to happen tomorrow. And even with that drop, I don't know if it's going to get back to what anyone would consider, quote unquote, normal uh, by pricing standards of new and used cars, but maybe just less high and closer to normal over the next 12, 15 months. So maybe MSRP is going to be really the price of the car and not uh, a number you negotiate where today MSRP is the well, nobody knows what that is anymore because it seems, it seems to be popular models are five and $10,000 above MSRP right now. So, Right. You used to start at MSRP and negotiate down. Now you've had to start at MSRP and negotiate up to get the car. Uh, yeah. But yes, maybe we'll get back to at least MSRP. Yeah, absolutely. And iccars.com, good place to go to uh, go sh car shopping, but also go car dreaming at the same time. If you want to, you know, maybe you're thinking about doing a little bit of, uh, uh, you know, in the future, what I want to buy, and you can kind of look and see what cars are going for, see what cars are around your area. Uh, great place to great place to start is uh, with iccars.com, right? Yeah, and we and we also have a lot of buying advice too, a lot of guidance, like these studies we just talked about for your team car, but a lot of those uh, uh, analysis of the market pricing, what cars are hot, which cars are the most. We got one coming, the cars over MSRP. We were just talking about cars yeah. highest over MSRP. So we're constantly analyzing the market and then hoping that consumers that come to the site benefit not only from seeing the car listings, but also the trends and where their opportunities lie with, within the marketplace. And simple enough, uh, the letter I, ccars.com, right? That's it. I-S-E-E-C-A-R-S, iccars.com. And uh, yeah, I think everything you need to help you figure out what car to buy. Carl, I want to thank you for taking all the time out of your day and joining us on the Car Doctor program. Hey, great being on with you as always, John. Appreciate it.